Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Exit Your Business Your Way podcast with Ross Brayman, guiding business owners to the exit they deserve. Ross is a financial advisor who knows that business owners work too hard on growing and caring for their businesses not to leave it on their terms. Each week, he interviews a different experienced business owner, expert, and other professionals ready to teach you effective, satisfying business exit strategies that will let you exit your business your way. Don't wait until it's too late. Start thinking exit now. Here's your host, Ross Brannan. Welcome to the Exit Your Business Your Way podcast with Ross Brannan, guiding business owners to the exit they deserve. Today, our guest is Jared Johnson, CEO of BEI. BEI provides indispensable tools to advisors to help their business owner clients. Jared, welcome to the show. Ross, hey, man. Thanks for having me, buddy. Sure Good thing, to see man. you. You too. <laughs> for those who don't know, BEI is based in Denver. And, uh, you know, it's late May 2022. We're recording this. And uh, on Friday in Denver, it was 87 degrees. On Monday, it was snowing. And so I'm in Florida. We don't get weather like that. I'm a little envious, I think. Jared says you shouldn't be, but it's it's fun stories. So uh, yeah, no, it's it's wild. We you know try planning a motorcycle trip in Colorado. I'd much rather be down in Florida. I go coast to coast with you, man. We'll just go back and forth, <laughs> enjoy the sunshine. <laughs> exactly. So all right. So tell our listeners a little bit about BEI and what it is you guys do. Thanks, Ross. So so BEI. We work with advisors to help their business owners plan for the future. So our mission is help as many business owners as possible benefit from their life's work. The only way we can do that, Ross, is is by training advisors who help business owner clients. So financial advisors, insurance providers, bankers, attorneys, CPAs. I know I'm missing somebody, uh, but, you know, anybody who works with business owners to help them plan for the future that's what we do. And we do that through accomplishing our purpose of providing those indispensable tools, as you mentioned in the intro, to those advisors. We want to make the exit planning advisor the captain of the ship, right? So that as they work with their clients to plan for the future, they're pulling in a team of advisors. Exit planning specifically is, is what we call what we do. Some folks call it transition planning. Some call it just good old common sense business planning. But what we know is it's a team sport. And so what we want to do is make sure that you have the tools to uncover your business owner's goals and objectives, really understand where they are today, where they need to be, and how do we, how do we really guide them to those unique goals and targets? And we want you, the exit planner or, or the advisor, to be the, the quarterback of the team, if you will. Right. So that's yeah, just kind of what we do. Well, it's really important because what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, the typical financial advisors business model is built around assets and our management. You know, if you got a million bucks, they'll talk to you. They'll help you with that. You got five million bucks, even better. You got 10 million bucks, even better. And you tend to get maybe maybe some more sophisticated advisors in the higher end market. But a lot of people don't realize most business owners have very little investable assets. The majority of their net worth is tied up in their business. Yep. 
and they're going to exit their business, whether they die at the desk or they sell the business. And, and so, but most advisors aren't trained in this field. It's like, hey, we can help you with some asset center management, or we can help you with a insurance product. But most most advisors aren't really trained in this field, are they? Right. Well, no, and and that's the thing. I would say, you know, so BEI has a little over. 400 firms that work with us. We support around 1,200 different advisors. But by our calculations, that's 0.01% of the marketplace, right? And so when we think about this, you know, my financial advisor, when I found him, thankfully understood that, well, I don't have a million dollars of cash to invest today, right? That at some point I will through my business ownership. And as I do this transition. And the crazy thing is that we know that advisors are missing tons of opportunity because we just aren't asking the simple question of what would you like the, the ownership of your business to look like in five years, in seven years, right? And so what BEI does, we while we are a tools provider, we make about 15% of our revenues on education. So we've got an education product, starts at boot camp, moves into the, the certified exit planner designation but it's all about helping advisors understand how to be different in their conversations. Russ, how many financial advisors are in your town? Oh, I'm sure there's hundreds. Hundreds, right? But maybe over a thousand, right? How many exit planners are in your city? Um, I think I'm looking at them, (laughs) right? (laughs) Probably. And so, so that brings, that brings the next question. So how, like, you know, if I'm John Doe business owner, and I have a widget company with $10 million of gross revenue, you know, and I stumble upon this podcast and I'm like, well, I don't want to work forever. I want to sell my company to somebody. Like, what are the questions that a business owner should be asking their advisors or asking themselves? And what are the things they need to be thinking about? Because as you and I know, there are certain things that have to be set up today to make sure you exit well five, seven, 10 years down the road. Yeah. So, I mean, I I think the biggest thing from a business owner interviewing an exit planner, trying to find an advisor who can help them is talk to me about the team that you work with. So if there's an advisor out there who says, I can do all of this on my own, right? I'm the exit planner. I'm going to be the person who asks you the questions, delivers the recommendations, and then helps you execute on all of them they're only going to do their wheelhouse. So we want to talk about who is the team? How do they incorporate the other advisors that the business owner may work with? So I want to be real clear. When when BEI talks about advisors, we are talking about attorneys, CPAs, insurance advisors, financial advisors, business coaches, right? So anybody who advises that business owner, I think in, in the industry, Sometimes folks here advisor and we think just the financial planner or just the insurance folks. But what we look at is the advisor or the business owner should be saying, Russ, tell me about the team. Who do you, how do you pull this in? Who do you work with as you go through this exit planning process with me? Because exit planning is a team sport. At BEI, we don't ever want our financial advisors or insurance advisors to pretend to be tax people or to, to even step into that realm, right? So, or tax folks or attorneys to try to be the insurance and financial folks. Not that you shouldn't have some knowledge there, but we want the advisors to stay in their 
their lane of expertise when it comes to executing on discipline, but have enough knowledge to guide the team uh, to help that business owner accomplish their goals. So here's a, and, and just real quick, cause I do want to hit, what should the business owner be asked? If I left my business tomorrow, what would happen? How long can I do this going forward? And, and I think maybe we'll talk some trends here right now, but unfortunately what we're seeing is there's a lot of business owners right now who are accepting far less than they should have or could have if they had done some planning because now we're just tired, right? We've gone through the last two years. People have, nobody's known what's happening in the business world. And so depending on how you want to exit, if you're listening to this podcast right now, if you, have, if you, if you want to sell your business to the highest bidder, if you've got great margins, you're in a super attractive industry and fold into something strategic, maybe 18 months. If you aren't ready, minimum, if you want to get what you should out of it, we're looking at three years on, an, on a third party. If you want to transition this to family members, management team, you're really looking at five to seven years to accomplish that the right way. And, and so, the, biggest, the biggest challenge is, is, you know, as John, the founder of BEI tells the story so, so eloquently is, you know, he's got some people who walk in his office and say, we want to exit our business. He's like, well, when do you want to do it? And they say Friday. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, and that's usually when people hit the breaking point of wanting to sell their business, when it's like, I'm fed up, I'm done, take it away. When it really right. takes years of planning to maximize this. And we're talking millions of dollars of difference in sale price. Yeah, I think, listen, if I get my numbers right, it's a pretty scary difference. But that business, they liquidated. I think that asset sale went for somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 million. Russ, they were pulling in over 30 million in revenue a year. And so after taxes split it between two people, these guys got like 5 million bucks. It was like one year's EBITDA for them each or split. And then what happens? So let's talk a little bit about this. So, you know, Robert Kiyosaki in his book, Cash Flow Quadrant, talks a lot about the four different ways of getting paid, you know, an employee, a self-employed, a business owner, an investor. And he defines a business owner as someone who could walk away for six to 12 months, come back, and it's still operating. Now, in my opinion, most small businesses and, you know, in my small business, we're probably talking, you know, 15 or 20 million of revenue and below, I may be a little off on that description. Most of the time, that's still really a job for the business owner. They can walk away for a week or two or three weeks, but they couldn't walk away for six to 12 months. They're like a Fortune 500 company. So, and those are the people who are the ones who are burned out for obvious reasons. But talk about some of the things that they can do to transition it to more of a true business as we're describing it which would help it maximize sale value because if Jared owns, you know, a widget company and Jared does all the sales and Jared does all the marketing and Jared does everything, the day Jared goes away, the business is gone. I mean, a sole proprietorship is very difficult to sell. (laughs) Yeah, because think about the sole proprietor is the business and what's the one thing not for sale? That person, right? So this is one of those things we talk about, start the planning early. So, you know, frankly, John, the founder of VEI, every year takes a trip. For the last couple of years, it's been to to California, out to Palm Desert. Most years he goes out to Italy for two to three months, 
right? Takes off, comes back, the business is running. So for those business owners that are out there that are, you know, in that two to $15 million space, it is possible. But to Ross's point, you've got to do some planning. You've got to start building that management team. You have to start letting go of the, the reins a little bit. Now, that doesn't mean you have to let go of standards. It doesn't mean you have to say, oh, well, that's good enough. I'm just going to move it that way, right? It is about hiring talent before you can afford them and really making sure that you're working with an advisor who can say, if you make these steps, you take these steps in the process, here's how it's going to change your life. If you can say, hey, I'm going, you, you know, you're a business owner, you're making $200,000 a year, plus you've got, you know, let's call it $500,000 of EBITDA, $10 million business, you got 750K to play with. Let's say you're also working 70 hours a week, six days a week. You don't get to see the kids' baseball games. You're not going to the orchestra concerts or the plays, right? Because you're just running a business. If you were to take and hire somebody who can take over those sales relationships for you, and it takes you down by, I don't know, $150,000 in year one, but in year two, you now have an additional $300,000 because of the growth that this sales director brought in for you? Is it worth one year of, of taking a little bit of time to plan, really digging into growing that organization so that you can do the things that you want to do, right? Rather than driving that, that business all the time. Well, and so many people, they're not even aware of all the different ways a business can be sold. I mean, so there's something as complex as an ESOP, which is a very niche strategy, but it's a beautiful strategy in the right situation. Right. Plus it's an internal transfer or it's, you know, typically people don't want to sell their competition, but they kind of have to because of the lack right. of claim. So talk about the different options that people may not be aware of. Yeah, no, Ross, that's great. And, and so it's interesting, especially when you talk about exit planning and in the marketplace, I'll give a little background here quickly. I started at BEI in 2013. I Googled exit planning because I was leaving a Fortune 500 company. I was like, what am I getting myself into? And in 2013, when you Googled exit planning, it was all about pulling troops out of the Middle East. I was like, well, holy smokes. Now there's this huge movement. And, and I should say more and more people are talking about exit planning. They're really saying, okay, how do we help business owners get out? The problem is there's a huge misconception that it's still – all about selling the business to a third party. When most business owners look at this, at BEI, we see about 75% of the businesses that our advisors transact or move through a, a transition go internally. So you can sell to, so the different options, right? Sell to a third party. That third party can be private equity. Which, which right now they're tearing up industries. Uh, because yeah. they're chasing yield because of interest rates. So they're tearing up dental industry. I mean, they're, they're going, they're crushing in the dental, they're veterinarian, yeah. I, veterinarian. I, I, optometry. So they're big there. So everyone assumes that. Yep. You've got just straight M&A, you know, gosh, <laughs> I just finished my master's program and they were talking about, there are a lot of colleges or universities who are putting out, uh, they're, they're bringing in buyers, right? Or, or I should say, they're graduating buyers of companies. So there are companies, by the way, if you're listening to this, work with Ross on this part of it, right? But you can find a master's student or a graduate student 
who will come in and work in your business for four or five years, help you grow it, expand it, get you where you need to go. And then you can move on, but also transitioning that internally to, you know, they become, because this graduate student doesn't have a bunch of cash, they're going to put the sweat equity in. They're going to help you transition that to your management team and have a big stake there. So there's just so many different ways uh, to structure a third-party sale, to look at an insider buyout. Matter of fact, in some instances, giving the business away to your family members is one of the most tax efficient strategies out there. Well, you, you open a can of worms there. It's a good can of worms yeah. because <laughs> certain sales strategies are more tax efficient than others. And many times right. people don't understand how the double taxation can kick in. And really it's not as good as you think. Well, and that, and that's the key, right? And, and this is why even when we look at transfers to insiders, which is one of the most tax efficient strategies out there, if we don't do that the right way, the business owner is getting taxed. The incoming buyer is getting taxed. You're also using tax dollars or, or dollars that the business was taxed on, depending on the structure of your company, right? Are you a C corp, an S corp, LLC, limited or LLP, right? As you move through it. So there's all these things that you have to look at that can all be mitigated and transitioned and, and shifted. And we won't get into big political conversation on taxes at the moment. But what I would say is the less money I have to spend on taxes, the more money I have to transition that business and then invest at the end of it, right? If I just do a straight third-party sale, and we saw this happen, $20 million company, the purchase price was $20 million. After taxes, fees, all the things that went through, the business owner got less than $11 million. So while you're out there seeking the highest price. And just imagine, it depends if you're in a place like California, Connecticut, or New York, that's even less. Right. So these are all things that you got to think about. Where are you structuring your business? Where are you set? Where, where is it um, incorporated? You know, where is it operating? How do you shift all this to make sure at the end of the day, we're trying to make sure that you get to do as, as from an exit planning standpoint, our we train advisors like yourself, Ross, and, and like others in the country to help business owners get what they want, right? The money they need, selling it when they want to, and picking the successor. Because most business owners, if given the choice, if they can say, hey, I have worked with these people for 15 or 20 years, I want them to benefit next, right? They would do that. But how do you go to somebody who works for you, who, by the way, if they had $20 million to give you for your business, wouldn't be working for you? How do you make sure that you can achieve financial success and the goals of helping those people around you achieve business ownership as well? Well, you do that through planning. And you can't do that in a week. That takes years. So, so if I'm a business owner and I still up on this podcast and I hear Jared Johnson talking, I'm like, I've never thought about this before. I've got to go ask my XYZ financial advisor, uh, my financial advisor working at XYZ, you know, company about this. If my financial advisor says, oh, he can handle that. What would you say? Oh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I know what I'd say. I want to hear what you say. Well, I mean, again, I, I kind of jump back to the first kind of conversation we talked about. What training have you been through? What, how does your team work? Right. How many of these have you done? 
And, and oh, by the way, if you haven't done any yet, that's okay. But who, what's your support system look like, right? Tell me what is your process to move me through the exit planning system? What does that look like? Because if you're just saying, oh, well, I'm going to, you know, look at your personal assets, your personal liabilities, and then I'm going to look at what we could sell your business for and see if we can make that happen, right? Most financial planners out there can build a personal financial plan. And there are even some who can work the business into the assets on the books, right? We say, okay, here's where we're really at. But what we want to ask that advisor is how can you make sure if you're saying, or we're talking about this $20 million of assets here, how can I get most of that 20 million in my pocket? Yeah, and it, it takes a level of humility. I mean, you've got to have yeah. you've got to have some humility to realize A, you may not know it all, and B, you can't do it all. And there, there might be people who know more about a certain aspect than you do. And I mean, we live, in my opinion, in a world of niches. Everyone has yeah. their own niche. And so you got to have the right attorney. You know, I mean, I had a client, he had his real estate attorney who knew how to do estate planning. And he was adamant that that was who he was going to have to do his estate planning. Well, <laughs> he was, he, he was serviceable, but he I mean, he definitely wasn't a state planner. And right. so we, but the guy was coachable and we had to make a couple, uh, had to make a couple of recommendations and, and the guy, the guy was coachable. So it was, it was okay. But it's, it's just, you know, there's so much unknown in this world. And it's like in the last five to seven years, the industry is waking up to like, oh my gosh, all these business owners, many of them are boomers. Yeah. are going to retire and we've got to make sure and, and, and that they're taken care of and because private equity is not going to come by out of every business. Right. They're not. And, and when you think about it, there are, I wrote a paper on this. I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss the numbers exactly. So I'm just going to give the percentage. 33% of the U S population today is supported by a boomer owned business. Oh my gosh. So think what about, think, I mean, think yeah. about that for a minute, right? 33% of the population is supported by a boomer-owned, privately held business. And those businesses don't transition correctly. Or we're all waiting for private equity to come in with big cash. Brother, we're, we're in trouble. So now the industry is waking up. You're exactly right. We're saying, okay, how do we help these people do these things? Well, I, what I think about in my business, I mean, in my world, my town, I'm in Florida where it's hot all year. And so, you know, my argument is always like, if you want to get rich in the South, be an AC contractor, own an air conditioning company. And um, that's right. And, and let me tell you, those guys print money. But, you know, many of them will have 30, 40, 50, 100 employees. And they obviously do really well. But, you know, these are guys who probably don't want to sell to their competition. Private equity is not going to come buy them out. Maybe they transition to a child, but it's like there's certain things that they have to do to set themselves up for success. And like to your point, they are large employers, relatively speaking, as opposed to a large corporation or a, uh, a state government or a hospital system or whatever. And they are providing for, for people. Right. Well, I mean, and you think about this. Right. Most of these guys are self-made guys and, and girls, right. Are, are self-made. They've come up, they bootstrap this thing and they just think, well, I'm going to suck as much profit off as I can and save it so I can help my family do whatever. When really, if they would plan, 
and talk to an advisor like you and really drive the, okay, have you got an apprentice? Have you got somebody who's come up through this business with you? I mean, Russ, we've got a, we've got a, a, a program that we can take and I can show you how to get, you know, four or $5 million off of a company that's worth four or $5 million, right? So essentially after tax dollars, we can get more than the businesses valued at that day. If you can do planning and, and look, let's say, let's t- make a five-year process. You say, all right, so we got five years. Business today is worth 3 million bucks. In five years, I'm going to grow it to four. And when I sell it at the end of that five years, all in, I'll have about $4.2 million after taxes, right? If you can show a business owner, one of these, you know, HVAC guys who said, man, I'm just going to go in. I'm going to work my tail off and grow this thing. And oh, by the way, when they leave the 30 to a hundred people that they employed before, don't just lose their job. I mean, what business owner wouldn't, wouldn't want to talk to you? Oh, of course. I mean, their <laughs> business is the largest asset on their balance sheet and the, right. tra- and the transaction to sell the business is the largest transaction of their life. Ever. And I just, you I don't understand, right. you know, yeah, with, with a lot of these folks and I, I, uh, you know, I have such a passion for, especially those types of businesses, right? My father uh, owned and successfully ran but unsuccessfully left three businesses through my childhood. He's now 67 years old. He sells cars through his retirement so that he can put my younger siblings through college. When you think about these guys who, who literally blood, sweat, and tears into their organizations for 25, 30, sometimes 50 years, and then they think the best way to get rid of it is to just walk away, right? Oh, I'm just going to close. I'm just going to wind it down. Well, holy smokes, man. There's got to be a way to help these guys out and support them and, and really help not just themselves, but also the people who work for them. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people, they just feel responsibility to their employees. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people who don't want to sell a private equity because they're just afraid to, when they're going to come in, just oh, they're going to be broke off. Yep. Yeah. And, and because of that. So let's just talk baby steps here. Someone's listed sure. podcast, business owner. He's like, he never thought about this, never even considered it. All of a sudden, he's, his eyes are open, the scales are falling off. He's enlightened, but he's like overwhelmed. What are baby steps? You know, if you're a business owner, you hear this podcast, what are some baby steps that they could, t- that they could take? Oh, that's a great question. I think, I think the first step is, frankly, if, 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 and, and you can see me in my check later, Ross, but I would say pick up the phone and call Ross. Um, <laughs> But no, that's, that's not anything we've talked about. I think the, the big thing is start just asking yourself the question. If I could do anything I wanted to with this business, what would that be, right? Am I interested in selling to the highest bidder? Are there people within the company that I want to sell it to? Are there folks that I would give it away to? If I were to leave my business tomorrow, what would happen to it? If you can answer those three or four questions and feel good about it, then it's time to start looking at how do you accomplish those goals. If you can't, we got to sit back and, and have a little deeper conversation about what are we trying to do. You know, I think the other the other side to that really becomes talking to your spouse, talking to the folks who are who are close to you, and saying, "Hey, I'm thinking about I got to do something." 
what does my timeline look like? So I would, that's the other piece that I would say is let's let's define a timeline. And let's define re- and let's define retirement. Because yes, it means different. Right? What, what does retirement people. mean? Yeah. Russ, that's man, that's a great point. And I'm so glad you said that because there's another thing. Listen, every year, every couple of years, we do a business owner survey about what do you want to do with your business? The number of people who've said, I'm never leaving has continued to increase year after year. But the crazy thing is, the reason is what they're finding, right? And what we're understanding through great advisors like yourself is they can transition the business and and enough ownership so that they keep people around and are really, but they don't have to work anymore, right? So they can still, everybody, at least when I was growing up, right, there's a, there's a, I want that mailbox money they used to call it, right? What's that residual income? I could just keep getting and getting and getting and getting. You don't have to completely sell your business or transition out of it, you know, to a management team person, a hundred percent, right? You might say, Hey, I want to keep a stake in this. And there are more and more people who are saying, I don't want to work anymore, but I don't want to be totally out of ownership of my business. And that's an option too, man. So that's not, I wouldn't say that is the overwhelming majority. We still see a lot of folks. I mean, what I would say is we're now seeing about 15 to 17% of folks who just, they do exit planning, but they do it so that they can live their life. Like what does retirement mean? I want to go to the office once or twice a week, have lunch with my team so that I feel important and I am adding value. And then I want to go do something else, right? Well, it's interesting because with uh, DS uh, uh, in the dental world, you see these DSOs coming by dental practice. And I know dentists in their mid 40s still in the practice. And my advice to them most of the time is I would can seriously consider not selling because you yeah. are giving up the golden goose. Yep. I had one guy tell me, well, I'm just going to, I said, what are you going to do afterwards? So I'm just going to manage my investments. And I, I looked at him and I said, you're not that rich. <laughs> I said, you're not Warren Buffett. You're not that rich. Uh, right. and because and you realize life expectancy for someone like that is probably another 50 years. Yeah. And people don't realize the amount of the size of bucket of money you need to live that long. And also there's the purpose. Right. People need a purpose. I can't tell you how many people I've met who have struggled with depression or they've died fairly quickly after retiring. And yeah. so so I like to ask someone, okay, I, I like to use the word transition, not retire, but it's like, but if, you're using the word, if you want to use the word retire, it's like, okay, what are you retiring to? Right. Because you can only play so much golf. You can yeah. only do so much traveling. It's like, you got to have a purpose. And right. I'd go insane if I retired. Oh, brother. I'm sorry. Well, and that's the thing, right? So I think about the number of business owners that I have seen sell their business. I have a great friend of mine and, and our kids do things together. He sold his business after about 18 months of day trading and managing his assets. He's restarted his business. And it wasn't just because he had become accustomed to a very different lifestyle than he was living after selling his business for much less than it was probably worth, but because he had no part. It was not like, when I wake up in the morning, what am I going to do? Right? Listen, I'm a pat, I ride motorcycles. Those of you who are watching can probably tell. And I love it. I ride coast to coast. I'm such a big fan. But I'll tell you what, 
there's only so many miles I can put on that seat before I'm just like, dude, what am I doing? Like, am I literally waking up to get on my bike? And if that's your passion, great. Hey, but to your point, there's only so much golf you can play. Entrepreneurs are wired to make changes, to, to grow and to push themselves and to do something that other people just cannot do, right? So when that's gone, what are you going to do? And ultimately, this all comes back to the question you said, what do you want and what is your timeline? So if you're 45, you know, maybe you want to transition to something else in at 55. Maybe you still want to own the business. You just want to have a, le- a lesser role, but you still control it and own it. Or maybe yeah. you're burned out. You're 60 years old. You're burned out and you want to cash all the chips in and do something else. Uh, be a grandparent or, or whatever, you right. know, teach their own, but you got to figure out what you want. I think most people just don't know what they want. So that's, you know what, I think that's a great, I think it's a great point because one of the things that's really stuck with me is what are some of the baby steps or what should you be asking an advisor uh, when you're talking to them about this exit planning? If an advisor says, this is the path for you, you should probably find a different advisor. That advisor should say, just like you did, Ralph, what is it that you want to do? What does that transition look like? And we can help you get there once we know that, right? But if an advisor comes to you and says, oh, you got a ton of cash in the business and you could do this and you could do this, and you could do this, let's just go sell it, right? That's not excellent. So what's a resource that, you know, someone might be able to, to check out if they wanted to learn more about, exit plan uh so there's a great book by our founder john brown uh it's called exit planning the definitive guide it really talks about there's a couple of things right how do you define your goals and objectives and then why is it so important to work with a team of advisors that can support those or support those goals and the paths to get there and and you know you can order that book on our website exitplanning.com I'm sure if you called Ross or, or sent him a message from uh, about the podcast, he could shoot you a copy as well. It really is, in our opinion, again, our founder wrote it. We're a little biased. A great resource for business owners. There's a couple of assessments in there and, and worksheets that are designed to help business owners really understand what does this exit planning process look like? What do they need to be doing? And how is working with an advisor going to support them? That's great, man. This has been a really, really fascinating conversation. Very helpful. Jared, I really appreciate your time today. Hey, Russ, I appreciate you, man. It is always so fun to connect. (laughs) We're going to see you in August, right? Yes, I'll be there in August. All right, brother. Well, if I can get out to Florida before then, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be giving you a call and we'll, we'll connect. Absolutely. You've been listening to the Exit Your Business Your Way podcast with Ross Brandon. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or North Florida Financial, and opinions stated are their own. External sites and material are provided for your convenience in locating related information and services. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees expressly disclaim any responsibility for and do not maintain, control, recommend, or endorse third-party sites, organizations, products, or services, and make no representation as to the completeness, suitability, or quality thereof. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Ross is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 3664, Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida, 32311.
850-562-9075. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS member FINRA SIPC, financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Arkansas Insurance License Number 16139032. California Insurance License Number 0L10073. 2022 138951 Expiration 0624.